when I went to school, college, in the fall of 1994, uh, I left my home, I left my church uh, to go to Ball State University. And while I was there, there was a young couple who I knew from back when, when the, the wife of this couple was active in our church's youth group. And, and so I knew her. She was very kind to me. Took me. This couple took me under their wing and invited me to go to church with them. They were very active at a church in, 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 in the Muncie area. And I, I, I sort of went along with them a couple times, but pretty quickly I decided this, is, this isn't for me. This isn't, this isn't my church. Uh, for me, my church was the church that I grew up in, my family back home, and so that's what I did. About every weekend, I went back home, and I did my church thing at home, spent time with my family, and when I went back to school the next week, I just sort of existed, trying to get through school, figure out what was going on, and I had these very clear ideas about what what was a Christian, what was uh, a follower of Jesus, what, what, that had very little to do with experiencing the life of God and had more to do with um, how I identified myself um, with the people um, that were part of these different communities. Um, so I share that just to give you a little bit of, of, of my own background, because for me, it, I sp- I've spent a lot of time um, in, my, in my journey trying to define how do I know if I'm good with God? How do I know if I'm, if I'm walking the right Christian path? How do I know if I'm following Jesus? How do I know if I'm in or out? So today's gospel reading um, which I was thrilled to death that on the, my first time preaching, I got this, uh, this, this gospel story of Jesus being called Beelzebul and demon possession and Jesus, Jesus saying to his family, I don't belong to you, more or less. Um, <laughs> so in this story, we've been, we've been making our way through Mark um, together here at the table the last few weeks. And in Mark's gospel, uh, there, there's, a lot, of, there's a, lot of, a lot of tension. There's a lot of conflict. Uh, immediately, Jesus is baptized, and we hear this voice from heaven say, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased with. And from that point on, Jesus is off and running. And he's eating with all the wrong people. He's, uh, he's healing people. He is... Uh, touching people he shouldn't be touching. He's sort of turning upside down the, the customs of his culture that let you know whether you're good or you're not good. He, Sabbath observance and, and, and food, food, uh, uh, food, food observances. So he's drawing a lot of attention and a lot of the wrong kind of attention. And things are escalating really quickly. And there's a lot of people following after Jesus, a lot of people attracted to Jesus, what he's doing, the way he's healing people and calling people back into community, people who have been pushed to the margins of society. So people are following him around, and Jesus' family 
we see introduced here in, uh, in chapter 3. We're only three chapters into Mark, and things are already off the rails. Uh, last week, Matt preached and shared with us uh, Jesus uh, having, having a man at the, at the synagogue extend his, his, his withered hand, and he extends it, and he's healed. And because of that, we've got the Pharisees and, and the Herodians who are conspiring now to kill Jesus. Three chapters into Mark, and here we go. We're ready to kill this guy. So, so now, Jesus' family, they hear about what's going on. They're freaking out a little bit. So they, they, they travel from Nazareth to Capernaum, where Jesus is. And we're talking a pretty long, uh, maybe about a 10-hour walk. And, and uh, they show up where Jesus is. He's still got this crowd around him, people that are wanting his attention, wanting more from Jesus. And he can't even, can't, him and his disciples, his friends, can't find time to even eat because there's so many people that, that want his time. So Jesus' family shows up. And, they, and, and the text says that they, they thought he was out of his mind. Jesus' family thought he was out of his mind. So then we get this story. Well, let me back up, back up a minute. So Jesus' family, if Jesus brings too much attention to himself, the wrong kind of attention, he's going to bring shame and dishonor on his family. It's not just him who he's going to be shaming himself, but it's going to be his mother, his sisters, his brothers. So there's this sense of if Jesus shames the family, where do we belong? Do we still, do we still belong to the community that we've been a part of? So Jesus' family is fearing being shamed and socially outcast. There's this crowd of folks following Jesus around, grabbing any opportunity that they can to be near him. And it's not just people from, from the town that Jesus is in. It's people from all over Israel by this point, people from outside of Israel gathering around to, to see Jesus. So this has to stop. So these people have to remember who they belong to, and it's certainly not this Jesus guy. So we have these, we have these guys that come along, the scribes, and they come down from Jerusalem. They travel a long way to make sure that they can set the people straight to let them know that Jesus is not a guy that you should be following. We know the law. We tell you how you know if you're in or you're out. That's, who you need, that's all you need to listen to. And so, what do they do? They resort to calling Jesus possessed by the devil. So the, this, is what, this is what we do sometimes in our world to define who's, who's in and who's out, who belongs, who doesn't belong. We, 
we find a common enemy. Um, we make sure that we know what the rules are, how we fit in, how we don't fit in. But friends, today we proclaim the good news that we do not have to fear belonging because of who we are, where we come from, or what we've done. Because Jesus calls us brothers and sisters. We're a part of God's beloved family. I'm going to go off script here just a minute. Um, I've I spent, uh, I want to say, an unhealthy amount of time preparing for this sermon today. <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I've, I've been in front of people many, many times. Um, I used to be a youth pastor, and I direct a, a, a camp for young people. And I'm up in front of them, and I teach, and we open the Bible, and I have no problem doing that. And I've been in front of people in this context before, and I've preached. And yet, I come to this community, and I realize that there's a difference between teaching and proclaiming good news. There's a difference between getting up in front of people and going through a passage of Scripture and figuring out what's going on here and being in a community and saying, there's, good news, there's bad news that we hear in our lives and there's bad news that the people in this passage are hearing. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is that there's good news being proclaimed into that bad news. And so as a community, we learn how to discern what that good news is and speak it into one another's lives. Right? Amen? Okay. So for me, all week long, I'm going... I, I've, I've, I've been here for several months now. My, Miranda and I have been a part of this community and our children, and we've gotten to know many of you very well, and, and it's, it's been such a blessing to our lives. And I've been blessed by, by Matt and Ben and Spencer and Andy and Deb all up here proclaiming good news and, and, and preaching. And so all week long, I'm thinking, I, I'm, I'm listening to old sermons. And I'm going through old uh, uh, worship booklets what, what was the response that they came up with for their good news? And I'm trying to emulate Spencer. I'm trying to emulate Matt. I'm trying to emulate Deb, Andy, Ben. Because I don't know how to be Joel and proclaim good news to my community, to my church. And so the bad news that I'm hearing all week long is that I can't do this. I can't be me and do this. I've got to be this person or this person or that person. And so I'm convinced that when I get up here, I'm going to crash and burn. It's going to be a massive train wreck, 
and I'm going to have no good news to proclaim to my church because all week long, all I've been hearing is bad news. All week long, all I've been hearing is bad news. Um, as, as Miranda and I have been a part of this church, we've gotten involved with a, with a DNA group, um, a discipleship group, which has been incredible for me because at the same time that I've been learning to discern the bad news in my life and to hear what God, the, the good news that God is proclaiming into my life in that bad news, at the same time that I'm learning how to do that in a, in a community of people, I'm also stumbling upon this thing called the Enneagram. And a lot of y'all know about what the Enneagram is. And if you don't, I, I would advise you to stay far, far away from it because it will, it will wreck your life. <laughs> it will cause you to see things in yourself that you never wanted to see or that you knew were there, uh, but that you just were happy enough just sort of ignoring. <laughs> so, so several months ago... Um, I was, I was having breakfast with my, with my dad, which we do every week, uh, and, and occasionally, uh, so we meet at this uh, Panera Bread in Southport, and, and occasionally when we're there, an old friend, uh, I run into an old friend there, and she'll sit down and we'll talk for a few minutes, and this particular, this particular week, uh, my dad and I were just finishing up our conversation, and he had to take off and, and do some church stuff, he, my dad's a pastor, uh, by the way. Um, and so I sat down with this friend, and, and we, got, we got to talking. And she mentions this, uh, this book on the Enneagram that she's been reading. And I go, yeah, 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 Miranda and I have just started reading about the Enneagram. And, it's, and you know, it's, it's blowing my mind. It's, it's, it's making me crazy. And then so I get up, and I excuse myself because I, I, I have to use the restroom. And she's sitting there, um, and, and she got a phone call from her sister. So I get back from, from, from the bathroom, and I sit down, and, she, and, and I say, how was, how's your sister? Oh, she's great, she's great. Um, and I just told her, you know, I was just on the, I was just told her that I was sitting here at Panera Bread with, uh, with Joel, and, uh, and, I, and I'm good friends with her sister. And, and she said, you know, and we were uh, discussing the Enneagram, and she said, she told me that her sister said, oh, is Joel a four? And she was Right. This is a person that I have been friends with for many, many years who I've never discussed the Enneagram with who knew that I was a four. So the thing about fours, guys, if you don't know, where are my fours at? We got any fours up in here? Oh. The thing about fours, and y'all can amen me if this is true with you, is we feel like most of the time we don't belong. We feel like there's something, <laughs> there's something missing, something broken in us that is irredeemable, that cannot be fixed. Um, and so we are constantly, we, we, are, we take pride in our difference, and yet that difference keeps us from feeling like we are fully a part of, a part of community. So this is, this is who I am, and this is all that's going on in me as I am dealing with this text this week. And what I see is I see Jesus proclaiming into the lives of the people he has gathered around him, into the family that's outside the house, that's saying, Jesus, you need to come with us. You've lost your mind. We need to take you home because the next thing you know, they're going to be putting you up on a cross, and boy, will that bring us shame. And to the folks that have come down from Jerusalem who just 
want to discredit him, to demonize him, and to say, y'all need to get away from Jesus and you need to follow us. And he's proclaiming into their lives that there's a different way of knowing that you belong to God. There's a different way of knowing that you are a part of God's family. And Jesus is defining that by his very self. And he's saying, those who are oriented around me and oriented towards doing my Father's will, doing the will of God, and what we've seen Jesus doing up to this point is restoring people to community, healing people, breaking bread with people that most people would want to have nothing to do with. This is the way of Jesus that he invites those who will follow him around to be a part of. And this is how we know that we belong. It's not because we believe the right things, we do the right things, we say the right things, but it's because we have a life that is oriented toward the work of the redeeming kingdom of God. This morning, um, Ben mentioned earlier, we're in the second week of, uh, of uh, the Table 101, which we're learning what it means to be Anglican. It's all very new for me, and I think it's new for a lot of us. Um, there are a lot of us in this community that are that aren't coming from an Anglican background. A lot of us who are coming from um, far away. We've, we've left family to be here in the Indianapolis area. Um, some of us uh, are moving back to the Indianapolis area to be with family. Um, many of us have always lived in the Indianapolis area, but we've felt uh, homeless in, in church. We felt like we don't, we don't fit in. And we're learning in this church, here at the table, and um, what it looks like to be a people of God, to be the church in a way that lives in this tension of, of not knowing what the lines are, what the boundaries are, how we can determine who's in and who's out, but living in this tension of we're going to orient ourselves toward Christ, and as we do that together, we're going to live into the life that God has given us together. Guys, that's, that's good news that I need to hear. I need to hear good news about a community, a family, that's not looking to make sure you're not stepping out of line. But that's lifting each other up and pointing one another toward Christ. <sighs> Today we proclaim the good news that we don't have to fear that we don't belong because we're not smart enough, because we're not spiritual enough, because we're not uh, attractive enough because we're not going to the right church. 
We don't have to fear that we don't belong because of what we've done or haven't done or where we come from or where we've been. Friends, today we proclaim the good news that we have been made sisters and brothers with Christ and that God calls us his beloved children, his beloved sons and daughters. For me, um, I've kind of already shared what my personal response to this good news is. I'm still learning what that looks like to be okay with who I am in a community of people that aren't like me and to not try my hardest to be what I think other people expect me to be. Whether, whether I'm up here leading worship on Sunday morning, whether I'm a, a part of this college of preachers and up here um, speaking in front of you on Sunday morning, um, the goal is not for me to be like Spencer or to be like Deb. The goal is for me to, be, to live into the life that Christ has given me. And to do that not on my own, not to figure that out on my own, but to do that in community. We do, we do a good job of, of drawing boundaries and making lines. Um, I do that. I do a good job of doing that myself. Friends, today, um, again, I mentioned the table is made up of a lot of different families and folks from a lot of different, a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different experiences. That's, and we've all been drawn together to this place. In what ways do we create obstacles that keep us, that keep ourselves, that keep maybe others from experiencing that full belonging as a part of God's family here at the table, here in our church? Um, what are the lies that we're believing about how we're going to tr find true belonging? And also, friends, how is, how is this community how is the family of God, and how is this community in particular at the table, how is it not complete if you're not with us, if you're not here? So as you, as you think about that, there's a prayer in your, uh, in your worship booklet that we're going to uh, give some time to to pray together and to, to bear that with one another. Um, so that prayer is just, Gracious God, thank you for the gift of inclusion in your family. Help me to fully join in the restorative life of your family as I trust you with blank. And for me, um, I'll, I'll, I'll start that. As, as we pray, um, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll affirm that um, at the end of that prayer, we'll say, Lord, in your mercy, and together we'll affirm that, hear, hear our prayer. So let's take some time to do that together right now. I'll start us, and um, as you feel led, let's pray together.